Listen, I get it. There are about a hundred different Bible study apps and guides out there, but I want to tell you about one that you may not have heard of yet, Yarrow. Yarrow offers beautifully designed inductive Bible studies and a digital app that guides you through scripture so that you can know what it says and understand what it means for your actual life. No matter where you're coming from or what season of life you're in, Yarrow is the Bible study guide that will help you unearth the truth of scripture so that it can take root in your heart and propel you deeper in your relationship with God. Go check out their first study, Known, which is all about your identity in Christ at yarrow.org. They are offering 10% off with the code JOURNEYWOMEN10. So go to yarrow.org and use the code JOURNEYWOMEN10 for 10% off and download the Yarrow app to study for free today. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. This summer, we've been thinking about our series like convos that you'd have on a road trip with a girlfriend. We've been praying that these conversations will be like a breath of fresh air for you guys. Today, we get to hear from Trillian Newbell about engaging culture, something that's sure to come up as we chat with friends, scroll through the gram, rent books from Overdrive or choose movies on Netflix, but engaging wisely as followers of Christ, filtering everything that we're intaking through the truth of scripture. Trillia is a third time guest on Journey Women, but if you don't know her already, she's a wife, mom, author, and an acquisitions editor at Moody Publishers. Julia Newbell, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate your work so much, especially your recent work, Beautifully Distinct, Conversations with Friends on Faith, Life, and Culture, which is such an important topic, particularly right now. Even in Christian culture, things feel pretty polarized. So I think it's really important to have this conversation. Everything does feel polarized and intense and elevated to a level that really shouldn't be. And so Christians, we have a better call, (laughs) a better tool for how to engage. And so that's part of why we titled it Beautifully Distinct, because we are set apart and we should be at least. And so what does that look like in our daily lives and engaging in this polarizing time? When I started this, we weren't in this kind of intense moment, but it's kind of this evergreen need for us to be thinking about. I don't know about you, but the temptation for me is when I don't know how to deal with something in culture, out of fear of doing something wrong, I often will just disengage from it entirely. So I'd love to hear from you, like, what does it look like for us as believers to engage wisely with culture and resist the temptation to just totally disengage? Yeah. Well, God has called us to be in the world, not of the world. He gave the disciples a mission and it's our mission to go and make disciples of all nations. How are we going to do any of that if we withdraw? So there is a level of going, right? We have to go into the culture. We have to go. For some people, it's to a different city or country. There's an action there of going and being a part and engaging. The question is, is we want to not be stained of by the world, right? So we have to be on guard as we go. And Jesus goes before us. At least that's what 
we believe is that he's going to provide the grace for us to engage. And we need to pray and ask him for wisdom in what to say and how to say. We are called to love our neighbor as ourselves. So ultimately we love God and we love our neighbor and all things are working out of that. And so that means if we're going to be slow to speak, we're going to speak truth in love, depending on what it is exactly will depend on the level of engagement. There are times Jesus withdrew to pray, right? So there are times when we need to pull back, when we need to, okay, is this going to advance the cause of Christ or is this harmful to me and harmful to everyone involved? Or is it too much for me to bear? Do I need to withdraw to pray? We always need to withdraw to pray, but there are times when we we need to exercise wisdom about the level of engagement as well. But more than not, our temptation, as you've just said, is to withdraw and not say anything at all. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to be do that. What I'm hearing you describe is kind of the concept of like a filter, which actually having followed you closely, I see that like permeating your ministry. I see that in the tweets that you post. Isn't it weird to have someone know you like this? I'm creeping myself out. No, it's encouraging. I mean, there is a reason why I'm sharing or I'm writing or I hope to be a light in a very dark place. There is darkness all around and I have the best news. I don't know why I want to cry right now. I literally feel like crying because I feel the same desperation you're talking about. Like, what is going on and how can we help? And so we have this good news. And if, I mean, I'm just like so insignificant, but if the Lord can use it for good, I want him to. And so I'm encouraged to hear that you also see some (laughs) self-control. Don't be fooled. There have been times when, (laughs) when I've had to delete my tweets. I've seen that from you and I've seen you even explain like the heart behind deleting something out of love and care for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I have so much respect for that. And that's part of the reason why I specifically sought you out for this conversation, because I think we have something to learn from you in this. How did you develop that filter that you were describing, love God and love your neighbor? Like, how did that kind of come into place for you? What do you say besides Well, the Holy Spirit, which is really all of grace and probably making a whole lot of mistakes. So I have said many harsh things and have had to repent so many times. And so I think that as I've just repented and God's been so faithful to forgive, I'm learning, oh, what I've done here is because I'm not loving that person. I don't see them as made as in the image of God, I'm tearing them down or I want to win a fight or I want to prove a point or I am struggling with the fear of man and I want them to like me. So I'm not going to say something. And so as I've gotten older, he's just helped me be quicker to repent and ask him for words. So I'm, I think I just, I'm a little bit slower though. I speak quite a bit. I'm probably a bit slower I was just really glad I wasn't on Twitter in my 20s. Do you ever find yourself so busy that you can't find time to prioritize God's Word? Dwell Bible app can help you out. With Dwell, I can listen to and meditate on the scriptures in the car, in the middle of the night, or while I'm making meals and tending to the needs of our household. 
Incorporating the Bible into everyday moments is so easy with Dwell. I am constantly using the playlists on walks or as I fall asleep to review the scripture that I have been memorizing. The soothing background music, the ability to select your preferred translation or narrator, the sleep timer, and the read-along feature with Dwell make it the most helpful Bible reading app on the market. Their newest release is called Dwell Daily, and it will help you immerse yourself in the Word, pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for 25% off. I think actually many of our listeners are in their 20s and have grown up kind of in this digital age. The rate of information that we're intaking is so rapid. There's so many different things flying at us at all times. How do you suggest we begin to critically think about the things that are coming at us as we're intaking them on our Instagram feeds and as we're watching them on Netflix? Okay, read your Bible. I mean, and I don't mean that in a trite way, because that's pretty blunt what I said. But if you want a filter, that's that's really where also my filter has come. I treasure my time with the Lord. There have been, of course, seasons where it's harder, but I really do believe that I can do nothing apart from Jesus. Like I believe that deep in my soul. And so that means I can't tweet apart from Jesus. I cannot watch Netflix apart from Jesus. Like if we can do nothing, then that really does mean you're going to have a hard time not just absorbing the world's messages or trusting your own wisdom if you are not using the filter of God's word and allowing that to feed your soul and feed your mind. So that's the encouragement I would have. You're going to fail. Not a single one of us is, we're not going to do this perfectly. Mm -hmm. Thank God for grace. And that's why I mentioned repentance. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us. First John 1, 9. So we confess our sin. So we don't have to pretend. We don't have to be more than we are, but we do need to be desperate. (laughs) And I think that will help you view things rightly as if you're, what you're pouring in, that's going to help filter. Okay. Is this light or dark? Is this good or bad? Is this going to help me? Now there's lots of times when I'll watch a silly comedy or something and I'm not like analyzing there's art and there's beauty and there's laughter and the God has given us all these wonderful gifts. And so I I wouldn't, I'm not saying you must legalistically as in it's going to earn you favor if you're constantly over-evaluated. It is the filter. If you're not in God's word, it's going to be hard. Scripture refers to the word of God as our life, our delight, our comfort, the sword of the Spirit, and our guide. As we study God's Word by the power of the Spirit, we are changed. We begin to see things like He sees them. Careful study of His Word will not only cause us to love Him and worship Him more, but it will also help us practically as we seek to walk wisely in this life. And friends, please don't be discouraged if you feel like you've failed in this area. You may not read your Bible as much as you'd like, but I want to encourage you that if you are in Christ, your right standing before the Father is based solely on the perfect performance of His Son, Jesus. 
He delights in our humility and dependence. So we look to Him in faith and simply ask the Spirit in us to help us and to give us wisdom as we pick up our Bibles however and whenever we can and submit ourselves to the authority of the Word of God right wherever we are today. How have you seen yourself grow in this ability over time? And then what encouragement do you have for the listeners who are also seeking to do likewise? I think you're, you're just going to hear messages that you're going to question quicker or that, like you said, you can see, oh, that's something good. That, that, that message or that person is imaging the Lord in such a way that I can see how it's reflecting the Christian life or reflecting God himself. So you just are starting to see that more just as you get older. I think 20 years ago, (laughs) I'm aging myself. Wow, that's weird. I probably would have done similarly. I would not have probably picked up on a ton of Christian messages or unless it's Uh, was pretty overt. I mean, it would have had to been, okay, explicitly Christian. But I do think that as you're just exercising your mind, it's like a muscle. I don't know if our brain, heart, I know our heart is a muscle. No clue about our brain. But but it is like a muscle anytime you're exercising something. So discernment is a bit of a muscle starting to be a thinker, thinking critically, actively thinking rather than idly and, and, and just sitting and absorbing messages and like actually consuming yeah. something and, and asking questions about it. I think that is a muscle. And so as you continue to do that and ask questions, a lot of times I think we can not exercise that muscle and then we're not going to exercise discernment. Yeah, totally. And I think it's helpful to think about it as a muscle that we're exercising as opposed to just like, again, giving into the temptation to just completely disengage, maybe out of like laziness or maybe out of fear. Because I really believe that God is using his people to influence culture. So what does it look like for us as, like you said, kind of ambassadors for Christ to go into these dark places in the world um, with the hope of bringing the good news of the gospel to bear and seeing the gospel actually influence our culture. If you gave me a real specific example, because otherwise I'm just going to give you this blanket answer. Speak the truth in love, put your faith in action, show the world as well. So use your, your life as a light and use your words for the gospel proclamation. So give me an example. And I would love to try to, I'm going to say try because I don't know, I'm not in every context, but I can try to apply that gospel to that and how you might engage. Maybe we could do this. Could we take the example of like social media and the way that we engage on social media? I think maybe if you want to even get more specific with it, just talking about the way that Christians engage with other Christians, maybe on social media, like how would the gospel be informant to a situation like that in which the world really is on looking? Yeah. Well, first of all, we need to establish that Christians are brothers and sisters. So I think sometimes we forget (laughs) that we are actually a family. We 
have our localized expression of it, but we are as a big C church family. So we need to treat each other with a love, a certain level of love and respect that is even increased, I believe. I mean, obviously we treat everyone with love and respect, but there is something about the family that we just, we ought to have such a love and respect. And then when, when it comes to disagreement or which you see a lot on social media and it, Mm -hmm. it can be, it can make people wonder. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a story. I talked to a gal once who, um, she was looking for a church and, and I suggested someone and she hesitated because she had seen the way this person engaged on social media. Interesting. And it broke my heart because, yeah. but it is true that people will know us by our love for one another or they'll know us by our lack of love. So I would say that we need to engage in a way that is honoring the, the Imago Dei and others in, in the image of God that is speaking truth and love that is not slander or accusing, but that is asking questions. I, think I have had the joy of disagreeing with people online and it not looking crazy. <laughs> you do a beautiful job of that on Twitter, I must say. Well, that's encouraging. <laughs> you just respect people. You want to honor them. And, and so I think there's a level of shaming that we do that is not, it's not acceptable. It's not appropriate. And there's a level of accusation and, and a lot of judgment, assuming the worst when we're to assume the best. So I think there's a lack of, a lack of love. So we want to do opposite. We want to be loving and slow to speak and give honor and encourage, and we can speak truth and love in our disagreement. So there's a lot that we could do. Are you looking to boost your protein intake in the new year? Many of us are not getting enough protein, especially at breakfast. So Prep Dish wants to help you out. For the month of January, Prep Dish is offering bonus protein boost meal plans when you sign up. This free bonus shows you how to quickly prep four protein-rich dinners and one breakfast to help you reach your protein goals. Each menu will have you covered for the whole week. You guys, these meals are super mouth-watering and delicious. They have slow cooker carnitas bowls, stuffed pepper soup, and a Swiss chard mushroom and goat cheese frittata. Just imagine coming home to a ready-for-you protein-rich meal to refuel after a long day at work. This is a limited time offer, so make sure to sign up before the end of January to get these free bonus meal plans. Head into your healthiest year yet, feeling confident that dinner is planned, prepped, and will sustain you for all the things you have going that day with Prep Dish. Check it out and get a two-week free trial at PrepDish.com journey. Remember, for the month of January, anyone who signs up gets the Protein Boost Meal Plan bonus. Again, that's PrepDish.com journey for two weeks free plus bonus menus. I love how you bring that back to like the basics. It helps me so much. I am really genuinely a simple person. And so that's why I think a lot of those disagreements really stress me out because I'm the definition of unschooled and ordinary. Like yet trying to go about this work of faithfully engaging with culture from a biblical perspective, obviously from a Christian worldview. Can you think of anything else, Trillia, in regard to things that we might actually be able to engage with in culture and use to help shape and impact our culture for the glory of God? 
Well, I mean, we can use everything that I actually think that everywhere the world is, for the most part, we ought to be also so that we can influence and shape and encourage. We can use all sorts of things. Some of the way by which we might like engage with culture might have to do some with our giftedness and like the way in which the Lord naturally has kind of created us to image him in our respective spheres of influence. Don't you think? Absolutely. I was just thinking about Karen uh, Swallow Pryor, who's a friend of mine and she contributed to Beautifully Distinct and she's in literature. So she's thinking about literature and that is not something my brain would do. I just would not think, oh, how does... Jesus relate and how should we read? But she does and she does it beautifully. And so, and then um, you think about food and how we engage food. I mean, we eat every single day, talking about culture and where we go and we eat and we're different cultures are based um, a lot on their food. I mean, and they're, so it's, it's, it's thinking about what, whether we're, I think about dieting, you know, are we going towards the culture's way or are we trusting the Lord as we eat? I just recently finally watched Hamilton. (laughs) I saw that happen on Instagram, like Friday night of last week, we got back from a camping trip and I'm like, I totally missed this Hamilton thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we watched part of it because it's a play, right? Very hard to watch just sitting. It's meant to be live, I think. Okay. Okay. But anyways, and just thinking about how dance can glorify God and can highlight him because it's about how people reflect their creator. So just different ways that we can engage and influence the culture around us. It all just depends. And we are also created differently, uniquely with different gifts, which should actually encourage all of us We're not all going to engage culture the same way. I do not think that everyone should be on Twitter. We've talked about Twitter a lot. I don't think that everyone would be able to engage it necessarily in a healthy way. It could become an addiction or it could be tempting to anger and fear for sure. (laughs) And so I don't think everyone needs to use that platform necessarily but someone else might be able to beautifully glorify the Lord through Instagram and their pictures and their whatever that they're doing to encourage and inspire. So we're not all made the exact same. And and knowing that will help us as we're thinking about engaging the culture and the world around us. Now, all of us can open our door and talk to our neighbors and talk to the person down the street at your grocery store or open your door and be hospitable and bring people in. So there are some things that most of us all can do, but in terms of these other things, we we should be prayerful and selective in how we engage and what we engage with. So when you're talking about opening your door and having conversations with people who are in your sphere, whether they're believers or not, what does it look like for you to thoughtfully engage with them as they are also in taking things from culture in a way that points them to the hope of the gospel. Okay, I just had a conversation and I'm going to preface this by saying there's some people listening on right now who may be experiencing some of the same fear that my neighbor 
did. So I, I say that mm-hmm. before I, ex- but she's experiencing a lot of fear and she's believing some of the controversy, some of the, um, Oh, what are they called? The end of the world doomsday things. <laughs> Conspiracy theories. Yes. Hilarious. We're both like, uh, yeah. And so she explained some of them to me. And so I was able to listen. And she even said, you're going to think I'm wacky. And I was like, I don't think you're wacky, but I do think you're scared. You're fearful. And so we both agreed to pray and that the Lord's in control. He's sovereign. He's good. Because I'm anxious about my kids' view. Like, what what are we going to do about school? So, So we all have our different things. But that was a moment where I was so glad that she opened up to me because I know the truth of the gospel. And I I know I have the good news. I also know the character of God. Yeah. As, so as she was talking and, and thinking about this, I was able to speak truth in love because it's my neighbor and I do love her. It was also a really good reminder of just where we are right now. There's so much coming in. So that was an example of just a real life situation where I was able to share. I do think having relationships helps, you know, so that people know, oh, I can be open and I can say these things without fear of being yelled at or judgment or because there were some things that she said that could be kind of offensive depending on what where you land but it was mostly just oh there's a spiritual element here and Mm -hmm. i have the goods for that (laughs) so i'm gonna speak to that and encourage her faith and the lord encouraged mine in the process as well Is there someone that comes to mind when you consider loving your neighbors by sharing the good news of the gospel? Who are they? What are their interests? What are their passions? Just the other day, I was sitting outside with a few friends in my neighborhood. Children's books like The Chronicles of Narnia and The Lord of the Rings just kind of organically came up in our conversation, and I had a chance to share how those stories point us to the greatest story of all, the gospel, the true and better story of what Christ did for us. If we know that story, the good news that we are all sinners in need of a Savior who actually came, lived, died, and rose again to save us, we don't have to know every story or be in the know when it comes to things of cultural relevance. The gospel is always relevant. If we know it, we can ask really good questions and simply look for ways to bring the gospel to bear in conversations with our neighbors and friends. Look for deficits look for needs, and point to the one who meets all of our needs in Christ Jesus. I love in that story, like you weren't necessarily schooled on every conspiracy theory that she was talking about, I'm sure. And yet like knowing the truth of God's word and knowing the gospel and then being able to apply it to whatever it is that you were intaking, like that gave you that beautiful opportunity to point her to the good news Uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ in that moment. And I think the same, like what I want to be studying and intaking more than anything else is the word of God and then continuing to develop that filter so that then when something uh, that has those Christian themes, like we talked about, if it smells Christian, like I can say, oh, you know what that reminds me of? Let me tell you about this story. Let me tell you about this, about this. One of the things that you said in your book is that Jesus is helping us even now in this. Could you elaborate a little bit on how it is 
that Jesus is helping us as we are seeking to thoughtfully, prayerfully, and wisely engage with culture. Jesus is interceding and he lives to make intercession for his own, which is remarkable to think about. It's so crazy. It's so crazy that he is right now interceding for us and we can call upon him and ask him for help. He's available to us. Like God is the God of the universe is available to us is a remarkable truth to me. But even in our, I've, in Romans 8, it talks about how our groanings are so deep that the Holy Spirit knows what we, we need, even though we can't say it. So, yeah. so we've got the whole Trinity involved. So it's like, it's amazing to me to think that God is for us, he's with us, and that he's going to, he's helping us. He He intercedes. We can ask him. I think our prayer life is evidence of what we believe. Like who we believe in. Like, I know <laughs> we're all convicted now, <laughs> but, but really I do think yeah. like in these situations, do yeah. we believe that an eternal holy God is for us, interceding for us and available to us and continually gives of himself for the benefit of us? Do we believe that? And if we do, then we will run to him in prayer. So, and he's given us his Holy Spirit. So we, we also are, we're equipped. Mm-hmm. And the scriptures say that if there's a way of escape, that means that, that there's an active presence that we can ask God to, we have the spirit in us and he's alive. We're alive. And so we can ask God for help. So I really think in this season, more than any ever, I have needed Jesus and have been prayerful and hanging on him. So I've never, I don't think needed him or I've needed him just as much. You've never known your need as much. Well, I'd say I've known my need. I've never actually run as much to him. I've done more running to him this season than I have in a long, long time. And it's been such a sweet time because I know he's for us. He's with us and he's interceding. I am so thankful for that admonition. What's one piece of encouragement that you would offer our listeners, maybe as like a practical application to take this conversation and to use it in the context of their life today? I'm going to give two. Because I've said it as so many times and you've said it as well. If you're not in God's word, it's going to just be really hard to then go and be in the culture and be a light. And it's just going to be hard. So I would, the number one practical thing that we can do to to prepare for being a part of engaging the culture around us is getting in God's word and making sure that we're feeding our souls to be equipped for every good work. Right. So we, we got to get in his word to know him better. And then I think the other one is, maybe identifying where is the one area where you can influence the most. It may be your neighbor. It's definitely your family. So I'm not saying, obviously for some of you, you're going to be like my kids and amen to that. Yes, that is going to be your number one influence. And But maybe it's their parents or maybe it's your neighbor or maybe it's someone in church who feels isolated. Maybe it's a social media. You've realized that you have not engaged 
well. And so you can be a light. I have a friend, we have a mutual friend. I can't remember her little tagline, but it's something like... Is it Abigail Dodds? Yes. Instagram it? for Christ. Instagram for Christ. Okay. That's her hashtag. Yeah. So there there you go. That is so, that's her way of engaging the culture with, okay, I'm going to use this social media site and I'm going to do everything I can to glorify the Lord. And whether people believe or fall in line theologically where or where where her convictions are, not everyone will. But that's her way of trying to speak, tr- be a light in right. a darkness. So whatever it is that you think it is, I think you could choose one place and try yeah. to take a step of faith and be a light in that place. Yeah. The conversation in particular with Andrew Peterson that's airing just a week before years really talks a lot about like, how can we understand like the unique way in which God's gifted us? And I think that what you're saying, like, I think that's going to have a lot of overlap, like where he has given you gifts that will probably be one of the primary ways, like Abigail, our friend, she's a brilliant writer. That does seem to be like a really organic facet through which she can exercise the gifts that God has given her in her home, even as she's posting on her phone. Yeah. (laughs) I love that so much. I'm encouraged. Man, there's been so many wonderful things that we've talked about in our conversation. And you and I have chatted already twice before, and I've asked you this question, but I imagine because things are ever-changing in regard to Simple Joys that maybe you have three different ones, and even if they're the same, we'd love to hear them again. This is a question that we ask every guest on the show. What are three of your Simple Joys? Thurn, Weston, Sydney. (laughs) Thurn is my husband, my son is Weston, and Sydney is my daughter. And really, they have been the simplest and wonderfulest of joys over this season. And I love that. It's an evergreen answer, but it's also true. Yes, I love that so much. Well, Trillia, it's so evident. God has just been so gracious to you in your walk with him. We're so grateful to have had the opportunity to learn from you today, even at a distance. And we would love to hear from you Who is it that's had an influence on your journey with Jesus that you'd like for us to know more about too? A lot of the people who've had the most influence live in obscurity and are completely unknown. So you won't benefit from that, except for if you've read my stuff, then you're like, oh, okay, you you will glean from- Testify to that. I mean, you said that last time just as a PS, like I remember that. Oh, really? (laughs) You go, you might be surprised to hear you've never heard of them. Well, because it's true. That makes me really happy. But because it's true, I think about this woman with six kids who discipled me and I would be at her house and she'd be folding laundry and we would just talk. And I think about another woman who I babysat her kids and I think about um, an older woman who sat with me as I tried to figure out how in the world to raise one of my little babies. I have benefited greatly from just one-on-one conversations and discipleship and and, um, people who just were available to me. I just treasure those real personal relationships. So I don't have a superstar to share, but, but there's lots of those too, who I love and I'm grateful for, but it is personal local church relationships. 
That's one of the things that we have come to value more than anything here at Journey Women is just continuing to point women back to their local church because we really do believe the women sitting in the pews next to them will have a greater impact on their journey with Jesus than anybody that they ever listen to on this show. So thank you for encouraging us to that end. I am so grateful for you, my friend. It's been a joy to talk to you today. We pray that this conversation encourages you to saturate yourself in God's word and ask him for wisdom as you seek to engage with the world around you for the glory of God. If you need resources for help doing that, check out the Bible study resources page on our website at journeywomenpodcast.com. You can find the show notes from today's episode there too. If you enjoyed this conversation with Trillia, we would love for you to check out previous episodes that we've done with her like episode 53 on celebrating diversity in the body of Christ and episode 92 on the mission of the church. This episode was mixed and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. We are so grateful for him and for you. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. We can't wait to see you here for the last episode in this summer series next Monday. Have a great week.